Hey, Failed It fam, it's Aaron here, and I guess you could say we failed it at keeping this episode clean. So if you've got little ones running around, grab some earmuffs. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey there, my name is Erin Deal, and I'm a half-Southern, half-Midwestern mama, some call this voice a nasal twang, who took $5,000 to build and scale a one-of-a-kind experiential organization that improves the lives of corporate professionals through personal development, humanity, and humor. Along the way, I've built client relationships with some of the most notable companies in the country, all while attracting a rock star team of experts and hilarious facilitators. Sounds pretty awesome, right? Well, what I didn't tell you is that my resume also includes a long list of comedy shows I bombed, improv teams I didn't make, companies who told me no, and many a heartache when it came to becoming a mother. I want to show you the real deal of the grit, creativity, and determination it takes to overcome your disappointments, embrace the suck, and design the career you could only dream about. I believe we all have our own unique gifts that we bring to the world, and it is our mistakes that help to unwrap them. Welcome to Failed It. Hey, Failed It fam, before we get to failing it today, I want to read a review from our Failed It fam member of the week. This is from TMG2, and TMG2 writes, relevant, relatable, and entertaining. You will not find a more authentic podcast that magically addresses the challenges we're all going through, but don't ever vocalize. Erin will be your new best friend as you listen to the stories of grit and determination that make the world go round. TMG2, we're besties. Thank you for this. And send us an email at info at learn to improve it.com. We are going to send you one of 10 e-learning courses. We call them improve use of your choice for leaving us a review. This was a great review. I'm so grateful that you really hear the vulnerability of our guests. I try to be as vulnerable as I possibly can be. She says as she's recording this braless and flawless in her podcast closet, but I really do appreciate this review and failed it, fam. I know you hear me every week, but if you could leave us a review on iTunes, it would mean the world. We really read every single one and the reviews help other people find us on iTunes. So please go to iTunes, scroll to the bottom. You'll see five stars. Click the stars and write a comment there. And if you leave a review, we're going to be giving a shout out to the Failed It fam member who whose review spoke to us every single week and sending you an Improve You e-learning course as a thank you. So TMG2, thanks so much for your review. Failed It fam, we're so happy you're here. Let's get into today's episode. Hey, Failed It fam. Welcome to the show. I am so pumped to have a woman here today that you are going to love. Her mother knew what she was doing when she gave her this name. Welcome, Erin King, to the show. (laughs) Thanks, Erin, for having me. What a fun way to frame that. My mother knew what she was doing. She would love to hear that. Good, good. I know my my mother and your mother, are smart women, very smart women. Look at look at what we're doing with this name right now. You know, 
So I'm going to start, Erin, just by reading your bio to the Failed It fam. I, I love to start off the show by actually reading what people hear about you when they first hear Erin King. You have done so many cool things. Um, so Failed It fam, hold your seats because this gal is rocking. So do you wish you knew exactly how to communicate compellingly in today's digital age. Erin King has helped clients from, get this, the Academy Awards to the United States Navy show up more powerfully from behind the screen using her award-winning pub method. She is the Amazon best-selling author of Digital Persuasion, and started her first two companies, Jump Digital Media and PMS.com, before the age of 30. She is the founder of Socialite Agency, a social media firm which was featured in Forbes, and Socialite's clients include ABC Disney, Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. Hi there. I know who that is. It's Next, we're going to come to Stevie Nicks in a minute. And other clients include Mutual of Omaha, Johnson and Johnson, and dozens of others. Now, she actually has a podcast as well. It's called Highlights with Aaron King, and it discusses big ideas from the best nonfiction authors in the world. Now, Aaron also competed in the world. Irish Dancing Championships and played NCAA Division I lacrosse, but nothing has toughened up today's communication expert like navigating the world of being a brand new dog mom, who we just heard, to a 10-pound cavapoo named Stevie Nicks. So <laughs> I, love, I love it. I love that um, she came in and made an appearance. So off-duty, Erin is hiking, biking, surfing, snowboarding in either Laguna Beach, which is like my dream location, or Jackson Hole with her fancy redneck husband, Hartman. Now, you might also find her hiding from all of the above behind the covers of a nice, good book. And she also has a new book coming out soon that you can order on or for, get for pre-sale. We'll discuss that later in the show. Erin King, welcome to Failed It again. Erin, can I just take you with me? everywhere I go that I feel I'm like, who is this woman? She sounds great. Thank you for that awesome intro. I so appreciate it. Oh my God. Of course. I'm your hype girl. I love it. I'm first of all, I want to start by just sharing with the failed it fam, how we met, which was very brief, very, very brief, but um, we met through our mutual friend and previous failed at guest, Judy Holler. And you and I were both part of her first ever virtual keynote, which I think that was like May. 2020, when the world had just realized, okay, we're going to be here for a while. Um, you emceed her keynote, improve it, and myself did a little bit of improv. And I was like, yes, this girl is dope. Who is Erin King? And so I'm so glad we're here now. This is amazing. That was such a great time. And not only did you facilitate an incredible virtual experience, Judy Holler is on another level. She was spitting so much fire in that room. That was the most close to a live event, virtual event that I think I've ever been a part of um, or attended besides Tony Robbins, who has done a great job with his virtual events. But I mean, you and Judy and your crew are right up there with the best of the best. It was it was pretty special. Oh my God. It, I mean, honestly, I, Judy has been such a, a rock to me and to our team during this past year. And I I agree. With, I mean, I didn't really do anything. We just showed up. She had a DJ. She had all kinds of stuff going on. But she 
were also rocking it on the MC and on the mic. So it was just so fun and it brought us together. And I'm so glad we have you on the show. And I want to just start really quick with your bio, because first of all, you were in the World Irish Dancing Championships. Let's discuss that. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm an Irish citizen. So my grandparents on both sides are off the boat, potatoes in pockets, Irish immigrants to the United States. So I'm only second generation Irish. So we have, you know, there's the Catholic guilt, there's the excessive Guinness, all the stereotypes, including the Irish step dancing, which my mother did, my grandmother did, and so forth and so on, all the way back through. So um, it's basically, uh, imagine my childhood in my basement, hopping around like a loony little leprechaun, my little tap shoes. And I actually represented the United States in the World Irish Dancing Championships, which is like a Super Bowl of river dance, which is a thing. And this was right before river dance came out. So I was in the phase where it still wasn't cool, like where it was still like, what is that? That sounds super weird. And then the minute that I uh, retired at the ripe old age of, I think I was 15, um, then it became cool, like right after with Riverdance. So I just missed the window of all the hard work, blood, sweat, and tears. I could have been the hero of my class. Instead, I was just a super weird kid with pink spongy rollers hopping around with big calves. So um, it was quite the experience. <laughs> As a visual, I love it so much. I Shocker, I was a cheerleader. I had so many sponge rollers. It's so it's so crazy. I love it. <laughs> That just made my day. So thank you. Um, That is wonderful and not weird. It's so cool. And I mean, Erin is the luck of the Irish. We know we know this by by our first names. So I love that this was a part of your family and you carried on. I love it so much. So I also okay. That was just one fun highlight from your bio. But I know our field at family listening today is so impressed by the things that you've done. I mean. You have helped clients from the Academy Awards and you started two companies before you were 30 years old. So I want to ask this. Did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Absolutely not. <laughs> no way. I mean, I still don't really know what I, what I want to be when I grow up. I'm still figuring it out. You know, um, I was graduating from college and everyone else, my major was English because I was like, well, I already speak that. So how, how hard can it be? Right. And I just like read books and wrote papers. And, you know, I was like an eight oh and go kind of student, you know, eight oh and go being above. We're good. Um, I wasn't trying to change the world in the old college. I, I was a bartender. I was a lacrosse player. I had all the fun, like I'm assuming you did. And I'm sure a lot of the fail it fam people did as well. And when I graduated, my dad uh, basically was like, just get a job in sales because if you can sell, you'll always be able to eat. And it was great advice. So my first job was a 100% commission only ad sales rep in Baltimore City, Maryland for a local television station. So picture Anchorman meets The Wire. And that was where we were coming in. So I, I cold called everyone in the yellow pages from a landline and went to their office in person with a printed out PowerPoint. Now that is a sentence just full of the 90s. Like there's nothing yeah. relevant about that sentence in 2021. But it was great training. So much rejection. So many lessons. And I'll never forget, I had done a really great job with my numbers and I was up for a promotion. And when you got the promotion, you got to have a base salary plus your commission. This was really important for like, let's get off the ramen noodle train and into big girl food. And so um, I remember I was up against this guy named James and I had much better sales numbers than James. But James played golf with the boys club. 
So I was mm-hmm. super overconfident on promotion day and guess who won the promotion, not mm-hmm. the river dancer. So mm-hmm. in that moment, I will never forget. I can, I can close my eyes and I am in the, the seat across the desk from my boss at that time. And looking down at my scuffed, heinous, like, you know, knockoff pumps that were just like so ugly and hurt my feet so bad. And I remember looking down at these pink scuffy pumps, which I don't know what I was thinking with the pink scuffs. But um, I, in that moment, was like, it is so much riskier to let someone else decide what my success is going to look like. It's so much more risky to me. I do not see any safety or security or comfort in existing in, in in a place where I have to rely on someone else to decide what I'm going to be about. And so I I decided to make the jump and I started my first company when I was 25. Um, it was a miserable failure, miserable failure. Um, I was 25. I managed my money terribly. I had to run payroll on my personal credit card for my employees that had children it was a mess. We built websites, but it was a disaster. So within a year, I had to close the company. I was in so much debt. So I went back to the corporate world and I got a job, um, nine to five. And I dug out of my debt. It took me about three years. I was the director of social commerce for a company called auction.com, which is like an eBay of real estate and got a lot of great lessons in that environment. I know a lot of your listeners um, do work in the corporate world. They're corporate leaders. And I will say that was such a great period of my life for learning about relationships and networking and collaboration and what's possible on such a big global scale, which is really something that if you're an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, sometimes you don't get those types of experiences. So it was very valuable. I really very much cherished it. Um, did get the itch again, though, to, to kind of try to go out on my own. So um, I started a company called PMS.com. PMS.com. Yeah. It was like a Dollar Shave Club subscription service for women's health care because I was always the girl reaching under the stall, like, excuse me, I'm so sorry to bother you. Like, do you have a thing? Like, I was that girl. And so I was like, this idea is genius because I never have products on hand because I'm just like a hot mess. So I figured that most people maybe were like that. Turns out, not really. I mean, most women are just responsible adults that get them at the grocery store. Like, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> so, so we were featured in Forbes. We got, I think, 20,000 subscribers. But when all was said and done, the URL was actually more valuable than the company itself. So we kind of broke even, closed it down. But what I discovered in that second failure was I found out my superpower was not running a company, um, selling tampons. It was not um, being a corporate leader um, at a brand. What I found was that in in running PMS.com, I created this online social community, which at the time was the largest network online of women talking about menstruation, like period jokes and laughing and crying and just like talking about this taboo topic that really no one was talking about on the internet. So we had millions of women in this Facebook group. And so I realized, oh, what I'm good at doing is not any of these other things, but what I'm good at doing is building community. And so when I realized that, when I realized that gem in the failure, which I'm sure your listeners and and all your other guests talk about all the time, right? Is that it's not failures. It's just like that path to figure out your jam. When I figured out my jam, that's when everything changed. Because my third venture, I started from my kitchen table because I had one person who had seen what I was doing on PMS.com and they were like, hey, will you help us build community around our brand? So that one client 
at the kitchen table. I grew over the next 10 years to working with some of the world's biggest brands building community, which is what you were talking about earlier when you were naming my client list. And the cool thing about that was the third time was a charm. So whether you are a business owner, whether you are an entrepreneur, whether you are someone working at a brand, at a Fortune 100, a Fortune 500, you're in the corporate world, but you operate like an entrepreneur. You have that entrepreneurial mindset. What I want you to hear is that if you're feeling frustrated or stuck or feel like you keep hitting walls on your projects, your initiatives, your ventures, you're always just that one more time away from having that incredible breakthrough and doubling down on what it is you were meant to contribute to your organization or to the world. Girl. Okay. We're going to need some church music right here. Right here. Okay. This is, this is awesome. This is literally what we're about. And I know, you know, Judy and you know, we, you know, she loves her some improv. We also, that's what we do at Improve It. We say there are no mistakes. There are only gifts. And that is exactly what you just did is you looked at every single thing in your entrepreneurial path. And you said, this made, I made, I was a Beyonce. I had a lemon. I made some lemonade and continued on with your journey. And you have a crazy community right now with your, with the social spa, right? And your brand and your Erin King-ness has fostered so much more growth for other people to build their own communities, which is what I want to kind of talk to next. Because that story, first of all, I love PM. Is PMS.com still around? Like, could who did somebody buy the handle from you? And is it like a whole new thing? They did. They bought the URL, but it stands for something else now. I think it's like project management service, something else, something else. I forget. Something that's definitely decidedly less less uh, controversial than what we were oh, running. I love it though. That is a genius idea. And I and I love that you found, even though that wasn't the path you were on, you found this niche for you and you found that growing a community is so valuable, which to be honest and, and super real here, we at Improve It, we are still figuring that out. It's been, yeah. you know, I know I'm sure you're getting a ton of work this past year and a half because a lot of companies, the way we built our business in the past was a lot of showcasing client referrals, networking in person. And so for us, being digital wasn't a huge priority and automatically overnight, uh, it somewhat shifted. We had the plans to launch this podcast in 2020, but um, just, you know, that was our one digital presence. We weren't planning on showing up in any virtual way. Our, our business was in person as a lot of people's were. And I'm sure, I'm, let me ask you that question. Have you seen a surge in people wanting to get online? And I know that's kind of a there are no dumb questions. They're just dumb people. But I'm sure that's, I, I'm interested to hear your take on that. What what you've seen digitally in the past year since we've all been working from home. Well, I've seen two camps of people that have responded to this dramatic paradigm shift in the where business takes place. I've seen the first team, which are, I call them team weight. And these are the waiters. These are the ones that are waiting for, they're waiting for the pandemic to be over. They're waiting for the vaccine. They're waiting for things to go back to normal. They're waiting until you name it, right? Throw it in there. And I do know a lot of people from legacy industries, from the live events industry, from industries that have been fat, fat and happy and doing their thing the way they've always done it. And they were getting the payday and they were stoked and 
they're just biding their time and they're watching their Netflix and their sweats and they're like, well, things will go back to normal, right? That is a team that you would be surprised how many players are on that bench. It's kind of crazy. The other team is the team that I, uh, I'm actually a, a reformed waiter, by the way, because for, for the first, I'd say 90 days of the pandemic, I was definitely on team weight. Like, okay, well, this is going to blow over, right? Because we do everything on stage. So we need to be in really crowded convention centers. <laughs> um, I'm a reformed waiter. I, I crossed over to the other team. And this is the team that, in my opinion, is it's you and Judy. It's the yes ands, right? It's the improvisers. And that's team create. And Team Create is a team that is creating a new playbook. They're creating a new game plan. They're creating a new strategy. They're creating new business models. They're creating a new mindset around what their success might look like. They're recreating how they're going to define what Yay Me is going to look like at the end of 2021. And Team Create is a team that it has, it, at first, it is like, it's like leveling up to a, an athletic team. And if you don't like sports analogies, too bad, so sad. I'm a college athlete. I'm a meatball. <laughs> and I know people roll their eyes at sports analogies, but my dad played college football and I grew up on all things sports analogies. So I love them. If you don't like them, sorry, not sorry. But my sports analogy is this. It's basically like you are in fresh soft from the beginning, but you're running with the varsity players and you're sucking wind and you feel like a fat ass and you don't know what to do and you want to cry and you do cry after in your car because you suck at everything. And that's how you feel when you first join Team Create when you are in new territory. For us, when the entire events industry shut down for us back in the spring, and maybe for you, if you're in the corporate world, that was like, you know, if you're on a sales organization, you're like, how am I going to sell in person? I have a lot of friends in pharma and healthcare that just could not go visit their people. And that's where deals were done. It was bringing the lunches. It was stopping by. You know, if you were in marketing, you have to reinvent your entire message, even your imagery, like half your imagery on your ads and your websites and your collateral are all people in groups hugging and touching and being buddies. Well, that's painful to see these days when right. you can't do that. So wherever you are, however you had to pivot you know, you've had to learn something new and painful in order to join Team Create. And when we started, it was, okay, we're going to do live events like what you and Judy created. We wrote a new book. We launched a new online course for my live half-day workshop called The Social Media Spa. I created a new email newsletter. I created a new website. I created a new brand. I created a new text message community. I just created and created and created my way out of the stuckness. So it was just straight action. It was no strategy. It was just like the strategy was don't cry and we have to survive, right? It wasn't this like grand plan. <laughs> I, you. I just created yeah. my way out of it, right? So if you're on team create and it's digital, yes, it is really super hard. Like yesterday, even I was, I'm not a programmer. I'm not a coder. I'm a creative. But in these times, I know that I have to learn this shit because when I'm managing my team to do it, if I don't understand it, I can't manage them. So I can't just outsource it blindly. So I've been learning coding and programming and things that make me want to pull my hair out and like end it because I just cannot stand this kind of work. But I'm doing it because I'm on Team Create. And the funny thing is, is that every single day, we get a little faster. We recover our breath a little quicker. We do score that goal. We do feel more confident. We don't feel as banged up and need as much Advil and as many ice packs. Like you do get better when you're putting in those reps. And so what I would challenge anyone listening to ask yourself is, number one, which team are you on? And if you're on Team Weight, I challenge you to join Team Create, first of all. Number two, if you're on Team Create and you're getting your ass kicked, good. 
That means that you are showing up in a big, powerful way and doing the only thing that you can do when crappy circumstances are thrown your way, which is maximize your reaction to them. And as long as you're doing that, you're doing exactly what you need to be doing, no matter if you're a corporate or an entrepreneur. You're rowing in the right direction. So if you need to hear this right now, hear me right now, keep going. <laughs> keep going. Oh, 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 my God. You know who needed to hear this today? Your girl right here, Erin. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. First of all, I'm dying. I, I like had to sh- shut up myself so many times. Wait, why am I talking? That's I literally, that's the acronym I tell myself sometimes because I wanted to jump in so many times and be like, yes, yes. Oh, I'm the fat kid on the bench. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Oh, my God. That is perfectly said. I have never heard that broken down like that before. I know it's yours. Please preach. Can somebody give her a loudspeaker and like a CNN spot or something or where, you know, whatever news outlet you listen to. That was freaking fantastic. I think so many people who listen to this show can attest to that. Hey, Failed It fam. Want to hang out more? What's that too for? Okay. (laughs) Did I jump in too soon? Sorry about that. I mean, okay. Now my cheeks are pink. Okay, what I'm saying is, I like you. And if you like me, then let's talk more than just once a week. How about like daily or whenever you feel like opening that app? The app. Yeah, that app. IG, the gram. Instagram. So on my Instagram handle, at Keeping It Real Deal, I give you a behind the scenes look at how episodes are made And every week we do IG lives with guests from the show. You can also follow at learn to improve it. That's learn to improve it for soft school training tips and tricks for you and your team on things like vision setting, taking creative risks, virtual communication tips, and more. Now you can DM me directly on either of those handles to ask cues and to tell me what you want more of from this show. I literally read every single one and it's where I hang out. So let's hang y'all. So give at keeping it real deal and at learn to improve it a follow on the gram and give me a big fail. Yeah. And the DMS when you do, I am so excited to hang and hear from you. One of the things that you've done really well through all of this, like, you, and exactly what you said is you had no strategy. You were just creating and creating. We at Improve It had an 85-page growth plan for the next five years that we built through a program called 10,000 Small Businesses with Goldman Sachs that we finished in 2019, Aaron. Do you know where that 85-page um, document oh, is now? Yeah. Ripped up. Ripped uh, to shreds. I hate to hear that. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, no, and and you're absolutely right, though. We were team wait for like the first two weeks, and then we quickly pivoted to team create, had no idea what we were doing, and just realized very quickly, we have to become digital, we have to become virtual, we have to figure out a way to do our improv activities online. So the fact that you've been doing all of this within your own business and you're helping other people realize this is so fantastic. I want to I want to kind of dig in a little deeper on one of the things that I really liked. And I'm not a sports person, but that analogy spoke to me. So I'm going to keep going with it. With the person on the bench, you're in the freshman, you're the sophomore playing at the varsity level, right? You mentioned that. I love that. What would you say? And you said, keep going. 
What would you say to the person listening today who is like, I keep showing up, I keep reinventing, I keep taking the Advil and putting on, you know, the the wraps for my wrist, and I, I keep feeling like I'm doing the same thing over and over. What would you say to somebody who feels like they're persevering and wants to give up right now? What would you say? To that person because imposter syndrome pops in here. I know it's something you've spoken about. We talk a lot about it on the show. How does that pop into that as well? Yeah. So first of all, if that is you and you're like, I have been going and it's not getting better and this is all great and rah-rah, but I'm over it. If that's where you are and you've hit a wall and you've you know, you've done your journaling and you've done your workouts and you've done your manifestation, or you've just done the good old fashioned slug of coffee and keep showing up and it's just not working for you. What I want you to ask yourself is two things. Number one, are you playing the right position for your skill set? Because if you are an aggressive, go-getting, goal-scoring player, and they have you playing back on dirty, deep defense where you're just sitting there trying to block everyone when that's not your innate skill (laughs) set, or vice versa, you could be playing the wrong position. And that's to like beat this analogy to death. Beat it, girl. Keep it going. Keep it going. The second thing is you might be playing the wrong sport. So let's break this down. Let's get away from this analogy for a second, but let's let's break this down. So, So when you talk about this podcast being about failures, right? So everyone on social media has their highlight reel. Well, let's just talk about this as our low light reel. Okay. So I shared my low light reel with you of the lows of my business. And what I, what I recognized is even after socialite was this huge success, air quote, what I didn't tell you, because success is different for everyone. We had 50 W2 employees. We had the Ocean View, beautiful Laguna Beach office. We had a reality show approach us three different times from LA to create like this Laguna Beach, you know, social media agency show. I mean, everyone was, we had these crazy um, networking events that had all kinds of B and C and D and Z list celebrities. And we, we were like successful, you know, air quote. And in the middle of that, I was probably in year four or five of socialite. And one day I'll never forget, I was in the shower and I get emotional even thinking about it because it was so awful. I uh, I had like a real actual panic attack, like an anxiety attack. And I thought I was dying. And if you've ever had one of those, you know how terrifying it is. And I was in the shower and I had like clumps of my hair were in my hand from like washing my hair. And I heart, my heart was racing and I, I collapsed in the shower and it was terrifying. And I, I was like laying on the bathroom floor, my face against the freaking tile. Like it sounds so dramatic because I was fine, but I wasn't fine. And I called my boyfriend at the time, my now husband, and you know he canceled all my meetings for that day. And I laid in bed staring at the ceiling the entire day. I mean, it was like, I, I was just exhausted. It was, it was beyond failure. It was like donezo to the max. I felt like that guy from Ferris Bueller's Day Off when he wrecks his dad's car and he can't talk for a week, if you know who I'm talking about. Yes, yes. I forget his name of the show. But anyway, so it was awful. And I never forget my, my now husband, we went for a walk and he was like, you know, I just don't know if you're supposed to be like a big CEO. Like, I don't know if that's for you. And I never forget. We almost broke up on the spot. I thought I was going to murder him. I'm like, do you have any idea who you're talking about? Do you know who I am? Like I've started three companies and success is a big scalable business and rah, rah, rah. Well, what he was trying to say is like, you don't enjoy it. It doesn't make you happy and you can be a leader and not have to be a manager. Like managing and leading are not the exact same thing. You can lead and inspire, 
but you don't necessarily, what makes you good at that doesn't make you good at being a manager of details and timelines and time blocking and micromanaging and all these things that, that go into a leadership role that's a managerial leadership role versus a get everyone psyched and then move on like more of a sales role or whatever that role is. So what I'm trying to say, long story long, is that if you're finding yourself being frustrated, I'd ask you to examine yourself. Are you in the right position for what you're really good at doing? Because what I'm really good at doing is getting psyched about stuff and telling stories and getting people pumped. I'm not great at finishing. I'm not great at follow through. Ask Judy Holler. I'm very disorganized. I hopped on this call 11 minutes late because I couldn't find the browser with the thing. Like I, I have my skills and I have my weaknesses. And what's crazy is that Socialite Agency was really, really successful. But what I realized is, is I ended up moving away from Socialite and becoming an author and a speaker and a coach because, and not having a big team. I have a small team. I have three people on my team. And I used to have dozens and 50 and all these. And the minute that I just admitted, like, I should be an entrepreneur. I should be a solopreneur. I should be a small team person. Success does not equal a huge scaled company. Success can be a small team doing what I love, tapping into my strengths. The minute I admitted that I was not cut out to run a large organization, the minute my success skyrocketed. So for you, what I'd ask you to to ask yourself is, what is your superpower? You know, is it building community? Is it getting people psyched? Is it the details? Is it the time blocking? You know, is it organization? Is it getting everyone wrong in the same direction? Like whatever your major jam is that only you can offer to the world, are you playing in a position within your organization or are you in the right organization to allow those skills to really, truly shine? Because if not, that's why you're feeling upset. That's why you're feeling let down. I love this so much. Okay. I literally could talk to you all day, Erin. This is so fascinating to me. And I know so many people listening right now were nodding their heads like me. I have this, it sounds very vain, but I have a mirror next to my podcasting equipment. And I was like, yes, yes. Looking in the mirror. Yes. She's talking to me. She's talking to me. But I'm sure a lot of people are listening and saying, yes, I am not in the right position. I love that you took the analogy and brought it home because it's so true. That's when we are, are most comfortable is when we're doing the things that appeal to our strengths. And I love that you figured that out for yourself. And I, this is also something interesting I found recently. I had emailed you and I got your out of office. Well, it was like a bounce back email, like a, like an away message, so to speak, an out of office. And you delegate on that message. And you say, hey, friend, thanks for your message. Due to the craziness, I only check email a few times a week. Here's, And then you you give specific people to email specific tasks to. I thought that was genius. I did this. I went on maternity leave a couple years ago and I did the same thing because I really wasn't checking email. But I, th- do you do this in your day-to-day so you can do the tasks that you are, are most suited for? Is that part of that reasoning that you, that you started putting this out of office on? Yeah. I mean, that is just because my email, like I'm looking at my phone right now, Aaron, and my unchecked emails, I have 46,894 unchecked emails. So I have just never really mastered the inbox thing. Like inbox zero is this land that I hear about and it sounds beautiful and it sounds lovely. I've never visited there myself, inbox zero land, but... (laughs) I think anyone, again, this everyone has their strengths. Like I could spend three hours sharing my ideas on Clubhouse and serving the women that I served this morning or writing chapters of, you know, my new book or like 
you have to figure out, you know, where should you be spending your time doing things only you can do. And for me, just again, I'm just like not as good of a person as everybody else. Email for me, I find that I'm checking it and I'm checking it. And then, so I try to check it on the fly every five seconds, trying to get ahead of it. That doesn't work. It was just destroying my productivity. And so, and so I'm sure people get that bounce back message and they're like, what a diva. Like, are you no. kidding me? You can't check no, no, your no. email. But, but what it did for me is it, it freed up this space to know that if it was a routine, like we all have our own personal FAQs essentially. So if you're listening to this and 70% of your emails are, can you schedule this with so-and-so about this? Or how do we do this? Or if it's training or if it's, like you, you, we all have our own personal set of FAQs. So what are your five to 10 Aaron deals FAQs that pretty much everyone is always asking you because not every email is an esoteric debate about the meaning of life. A lot of emails are logistics. And so if you can think about your FAQs and if you're in a position where you're able to have your own FAQs answered, whether it's via email, whether it's via text, however you're able to do that within your organization, you'll find that it takes the pressure off to be on all the time at everyone's beck and call, which is a productivity and a positivity suck and just sucks in general. Um, and you're connecting people with what they need faster in a way that is just a lot more efficient. So I, I first heard this idea from um, Amy Landino, who uh, wrote a great book called Good Morning, Good Life. And she'd be a great guest for you, Aaron, if you know Amy Landino. She's fabulous. She's a YouTuber and she's like the time blocking master. Her and Judy are great at it with their planners. And um, and then I also, there's another um, author I recommend you check out named Neen James. And Neen James wrote a book called Attention Pays. And she has something in her book called Systematic Thoughtfulness, where you create a system to reach out and nurture your relationship. So I was trying to practice that. And I realized that like the automation of email was not really nurturing my relationships. It was just answering FAQs. So I took that off my plate and replaced that time with investing in relationships in a way that only I could. So to your point earlier, it's about recognizing what only you can do for the world and what is um, able to be delegated, not even to a person or a VA, but just with like links that people need to stuff. You know, No, it was the most, I, I brought this up because I thought it was the most genius thing I've seen, to be honest. Like I... First of all, we always ask for a bio and headshots for every guest on the show. You had a link to that. I mean, all I had to do is click the link. Oh, there it is. I don't even have to ask you for it, you know? And and we had sent this email earlier. It was actually the most genius thing, which made me realize I do a lot of the same thing. I, I have a lot of logistics that I have, you know, and I have, we have a client experience manager and things like that, but it was such an eye open. I did not think you were a diva. I actually thought you were a genius. And I think that more people out there should do that, especially if you are a small business owner or you lead a team and you can delegate these responsibilities or have shared links where you get asked the same questions over and over put it in an, an out of office and check email once a day, twice a day, whatever it is. I think it's so smart because it gave you the time to come on this show. It gave you the time to write your new book, which is coming out called, which I'm obsessed with, Aaron King. It is called Failed It Fam. Get ready. You're kind of a big deal. Leveling <laughs> up your audacity, which you know my last name is Deal. I've, I've played with that pun. It's a married name. Didn't Wasn't born with it. I have an eight-pound toy poodle named Big Deal who should be friends with your dog, Stevie Nicks. Um, 
What made you want to put this book out into the world? Tell us a little bit about it. And when, I know it's available for pre-sale, pre-order. Talk to us. When it's when is it coming out? Tell us what made you want to put something like this out to the world. It sounds awesome. I cannot wait to read it. Oh, Aaron. Well, we need to get your dog to be the official mascot with Stevie Nicks for this book because that is just too funny. Um, yeah. So, well, two things. It's not out until June 1st, which is like 97 years from now. But the reason that we started promoting it is because I, I opened my Instagram. And if you guys have read Big Magic by Liz Gilbert, which is another I'm great I'm reading book, it right now. You are not. Really? Yes. Isn't it fantastic? I'm on the chapter on perseverance, which is what even made me ask you that question about perseverance. Keep going. This is too much. Weird. Okay. Weird, weird, weird. So in the book, I don't know if you've heard the part yet about how ideas have their own soul and ideas are happening. You can't own an idea, but we feel like we own an idea, whether it's a project or initiative, a team, a launch, whatever. So, you know, we're getting ready to launch. You're kind of a big deal. It's all about audacity, unlocking your audacity, which is confidence is bolder, sassier cousin. And I opened Instagram yesterday morning and one of my very favorite, favorite comedians, I'm obsessed with stand-up comedy. It's like all I watch. So her name is Catherine Ryan. If you know her by chance, she did a a Netflix. Yeah. She had a Netflix show called a glitter room that just, let me just say, do not be sipping anything when you're watching it because you will spit it out. She is so damn funny. And anyway, she's gorgeous. She's just like this all around kind of like girl crush to the max. So she ends up posting on Instagram yesterday morning that she wrote a book called The Audacity. And it's coming out soon. And I was going to name my book The Audacity of Her, which is weird. It's very similar. And I didn't because I, I just, I don't know why, but it was like not my idea kind of. So I changed the title to You're Kind of a Big Deal because that's the big deal energy that we want to cultivate in women. It's like, yeah, you are a big deal and you are ready and you can do this. Anyway, so long story long, I see the post, I freak out. My publisher is like, we need to pr- like get your book cover out right now so that on social media, it was like a jinx and not, you know, you're out after her or you're copying her or anything like that. So we put it on social media, like really hastily to make sure it was same day announced to the world kind of stuff. And it's not out till June. And so it's forever. But um, the takeaway there is sometimes you're not ready. And like the color was wrong. They weren't matching. It was blurry, whatever. The point is just fucking do it. Pull the trigger, go stake your claim on your idea. Um, and that there's enough ideas to go around. There's an abundance mentality of like Catherine's take is different than my take is different than your take. So that's okay too. There's plenty of readers, plenty of books, plenty of plenty for everyone. Um, so that abundance mentality, not a scarcity mindset, which of course your knee jerk reaction is like, Oh my God. They're like, wait, there's a billion people in this world. Like everyone can read both books. Like who cares? Um, And just to keep it human and real. And then the last thing is that the book itself, I wrote it, not because I wanted to be like Catherine Ryan, even though I do. Um, I wrote it because um, after my keynotes about digital persuasion, which is all about social selling and how you show up to the world behind the screen, after my keynotes, I would get all these DMs from all these different women all over the world. And the DMs literally like had nothing to do with what I had talked about on stage. Like I'm like waiting for all these questions about my amazing content. And it was like, how'd you start your own company? How'd you raise capital? How'd you keep going? It was every question, but like, so how do I use the pub method to elevate my, like, yeah, that was good, but we really want to know. So I realized that like, for some reason, the content I was sharing, it was, I mean, obviously people love it and it's, it's taken off and it's all this great stuff, but they wanted something else from me. And I didn't even know that's what they wanted. So I took all the DMs over the course of three years from being on the road. And I made those DMs the chapters of the book. 
So I'm uh, essentially answering DMs in a book. <laughs> that is amazing. And you are a kind of a big deal. I freaking love it. I think it's brilliant. And you know what? Sometimes the subtext of what you're saying, if when people watch you speak, I've, I've looked at your Instagram a couple of times. I love the photos you have of you and like a business dress and then sneakers. Like you wore like a sneakers with your, 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 um, like nice dress and a big stage. And you just show up with a lot of confidence. You're funny. And I think that a lot of people are like, how did you do that? Like, tell us how you're you kind of a thing. And is that some of the questions that you're answering or like confidence? And, uh, and I know you mentioned too, like, how did you raise capital? But are they, are they also kind of geared at how do you gain that audacity to do what you do? Do? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Here, but I, yeah, yeah. That's the question. I mean, you put your finger on it, Erin. And, and the question again, so this is back to what we talked about earlier is your superpower is the thing that for you is so easy. Like Erin, yeah. you have the thing that people are like, Oh my God, Erin, how do you do that? And you're like, it's duh. Like you just do it. It's so easy. So for you, if you're listening, you have that thing that people always comment on and they're saying to themselves, wow, how did you do that? And if you're thinking to yourself, that's so easy, anyone can do it, that, my friend, is your superpower. Because for me, getting up and doing what I do, I love it, I'm honored, I get nervous, I prepare, I work super hard. It's not like I just wake up and it's like, oh, no problem, like I'm just a keynote speaker. Like, no, it's a shitload of work, okay? And when I get up there, I black out. I don't really know what's happening. I'm in flow. And we've all been in flow. We've all been in that moment where the hours go by or the joy is so rich or it's just what we're meant to be doing. And, and so people ask about that. And, and what I think, you know, for me, and I don't know what, what people say for you, Aaron, I'm sure it's something similar because you're high energy like I am. Um, for me, people asking around about like, well, how can I basically be such a, like, like, they're like, it seems like you don't give a shit. And what I tell them in this book is like, it's not about not caring what anyone thinks about you. That's not what confidence is about. Because not caring what anyone thinks about you is for narcissists and psychopaths and assholes. It's not like, don't, don't worry. Like, what everyone thinks about you doesn't matter. It's none of your business. Like, that's stupid. Because we all are going to care. We want people that love us to love us back. We want people that love us to love what we love. We want approval. We want to be part of the tribe from a bajillion years ago with the caveman stuff, right? So... Like, it's not about not caring what anyone else thinks about you. What audacity is about is when it comes down to the big decisions, the big, juicy, scary decisions of your life, those crossroads where you know this decision can make or break the next few years of your life. It's about caring more about what you think of your choices than what others do. And that uh, is the difference. I love you, Erin King. Okay, this speaks to me. I know the Failed It family is listening and it speaks to them. And I know, oh man, I can't wait for your book to come out. It's going to reach so many people and so many people on so many different levels because it's a, it's a personal, you know, it's a personal read. They take what you say and they apply it to their own lives. And there's so many great application tools from what you just said. And I, I, Oh, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Aaron. And I feel like we're going to put the link, even though it's not until June, we're going to put it in the show notes. So people, if you want to pre-order this book, do it. And I saw the cover. I like the cover. And that's another thing. Ready is a lie. You put it out before you were really ready. I like the cover. So we'll also link up to that when we when we post your episode. We'll show the cover. And anybody who wants to do a pre-order, go for it. It's It's I know it's going to be a great book. Um, you've also got Digital Persuasion, which is another book that's an Amazon bestseller. So check that out too, Erin. 
if somebody wants to find you, how, and we're going to link up to this, but just tell them, how can they find Miss Erin King? Well, I'm an Instagram girl at mrs.aaron.king. And my new obsession is I am up in that club. I love yes, the clubhouse. I love me some clubhouse. And that's just Aaron. That's Aaron King, just uh, straight up. So hopefully come join us. We actually have a, a daily show we just started. Uh, it's Judy Holler, my friend, um, Laura Gassner Otting, who wrote a book called Limitless, which is an incredible book. You should have her on your podcast too. She's yes, awesome. Yes, yes. And um, so the three of us started a morning show every day, 8 a.m. Uh, PST, 11 a.m. EST. And we just jam on topics like we talked about today, Erin. Um, and this morning we had like 200 people from all these countries. And it was just like, we were laughing, we were crying. And it's just, it's, I think it's the future of, of social because like podcasting, you can have the the top knot, the no makeup, the glasses. You can be a hot mess, but still share your thoughts and ideas. And it's not about curating this kind of like BS perfection filtered crap that I think a lot of us are just getting tired of. So um, it's a very cool app. I definitely think it's going to um, be the future of how we share ideas. So I love it. I'm new to the club. I literally just joined and I was like, how does this work? So I'm going to have to, I'm going to, I'm going to try it out and I will come to one of these morning shows. You should too, Feld It fam. So first of all, Aaron, you are such an inspiration to all the other Aaron's and all people out there and you're a very big deal. So thank you for sharing your gifts of audacity, courage, and your fails. That's we've learned so much about you, and I appreciate you sharing your vulnerable self with us today. Thanks, Erin. So thank you for being here. And to the failed it fam, fail yeah. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Failed It. I'm so happy you're along for the ride. And if you enjoyed today's show, head on over to iTunes to rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every Wednesday. I'll see you next week, but want to leave you with this thought. What will you fail at today and how will that help your future successful self? Think about it. I'm proud of you and you are totally failing it. See you next time.